Rebele Bokosha Tebrega de la Dida, Cora Bande Libra Handeshka Tavarada. Yes, Lord Jesus, we ascend this holy mountain. La bande brende kuza kefara bandele de basha davakaya. O zalamente vila nambrondos kiba tuza tivaka. Zalabeida vazonde krena maltoza vekela bashuda. Jambra gadela kazobara de katama la deja. Jambarokotoso keparimandanda barakazota veladi. Kora mante bila nontos kopeleada. Jambaradon keperenendo sopala di kapasata. Veledon borondos kipapale di la katoza kepala di la daba. Jambonda borodos kipalianda vazekata. Jiko paranendos kefele di katalamanto no boros. Ita mante la kita zuprene beledoka, kalamanto zukapale dijadava la keto zubaladeka, jalamanto berededos kopale vagida labandos kopala, jeko pora namansa kepara katala bela, jalamanto kupares gadevela, zokapara nambondos kopele gida, zalom potula vande beregedela, jombra kateka supranda barataza, jeko Para nampa suke papaye, gota mante kopale katuska pale, andava katela labora kazeta, jambaragada la baragabalagadela baragadela gadela, hiko para sonte velekita la baradoske, karus gedende velenemboronosko papaya, jiklondo vende berenondiske belatila, zokapando velekida brandosko pale. Oh, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory might come in. That the King of glory might come in. That the King of glory might come in. Malonze vila tabaradesh katafalata. Gates in our lives, gates in our cities, gates in our hearts, gates in our spirits, gates in our souls. Leva lubesila valamante. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Malombeletika vazali paruske intervele dal. Let the King of Glory come in in the name of Jesus. Labore basunde kelemeta lavuzata. Jebron do becada vaseka paruze balatela matata. Oh, kalava ze kalima ruskateva lakada. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Balea davaski. Balea davaski. Balea davaski. Thank you, Jesus. Baroko zende velenima. Father, we give you praise. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, yesterday I was speaking with um, Pastor Bumi, and she was saying that um, even another rendering of that verse says, lift up your heads, you leaving gates and leaving doors so and it's referred to it like in the sense of leaving breathing and in a case where it's like the gates were not just in inanimate objects 
but they were actually living, existing organisms, you know, systems that have life inside of them and has the capacity to will, has the capacity to do, because otherwise, why do you speak to a thing that cannot hear? So sometimes the gates and the doors that we need to walk through are things that can hear, things that can obey, things that have the ability to move, to shift, to impede you in themselves. So many times we find ourselves in a position where we actually need to speak to the gate, where we need to speak to the door. So we entered into September and we started declaring, we are walking through the doors. We are entering into the fullness of the promises of God. Why? Because we recognize that September may be a month in our calendars, but in the realm of the spirit, we know that there are um, um, living entities that stand over every season of the earth, that stand over every season of the world, and we need to speak to them. So we're not just speaking about demonic entities that want to impede, that want to stop, that want to block. We're not just speaking about them, but we're also speaking about even like the ones from God and from heaven that God has set parameters in place and has says until they go through this, they cannot enter into the fullness of the season. So many people we mark calendars, go through calendar days, calendar years, calendar um, seasons, just physical calendar, but they will actually never go through the spiritual calendar. They will never actually enter into the fullness of what was locked or what is locked into the season. And that in itself is the reason why we wake up, we rise up, we pray, we push, we press, because we know that these gates and these doors are living, breathing, living, existing gates, living doors. And so we are able to stand in the place of prayer to declare what the Lord wants for us. And you know, when Pastor Bambi was praying this morning, you know, she kept, you know, saying over and over again, you know, um, we will be able to descend, that we should be able to know every single gate, every single door that you have allocated for us in this season. Father, we will not miss it in the name of Jesus. You know, those are the kind of prayers that you pray when you cross into new seasons, when you cross into new days and you declare it and say, God, I will not be blind. I will not be blinded to the things that you are doing. I will not be blinded to the things that you are orchestrating. I declare that my eyes are open to see. I declare that my spirit is discerning enough to know what it is that you are working out. And so, Father, we give you praise. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Because we will not miss anything. Anything, single thing you have allocated for this season, Father. It comes to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, good morning. Um, I hope that many of us are always able to join the prayer call early, to join and start praying in the beginning. And we take the time to do a lot of intercession because I know that when I come up, um, we will we'll take time to teach. We will pray, but many times we have to take some time to teach, to establish the knowledge of the word, you know. So um, hence the beginning intercession of every um, prayer hour every time that we pray. So I want to encourage us all to make sure we always join the call at 5.30 prompt. As a matter of fact, um, you know, based on the plan that Pastor Stephanie has, we are supposed to start praying even at 5.15, you know, so that by the time you join prayers are already ongoing, and then we pray into the time before we worship. So I encourage us to always join the call early, and not to miss the initial intercession um, sessions that go on. All right, let us continue from where we stopped yesterday. Yesterday, we went back into that scripture 
in, in the book of Corinthians, and we began to look at, you know, when Paul was speaking about the door that is open to him. I don't know if you guys can hear me. I just kind of feel like my voice is muffled. Can you hear me clearly? Hey, good morning, God sent from Abu Dhabi. I'm glad that we can all pray together. Hey, can you guys hear me? I feel like my voice is muffled. Anybody there? Okay, Dolly, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, great, good to know. <clears throat> Maybe I'm just the one shortly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, so uh, we went back to the scripture in First Corinthians and when it was talking about Paul, and, you know, that scripture just kind of gripped us again yesterday and we went back in there, you know, but we need to pass that scripture and move forward <laughs> because it's like the door in the scripture has held us there. So, um, but I, I thank God for the uh, mileage we were able to make yesterday to just arrive at the place where we spoke a bit about the adversary and what the adversary looks like and the system of Satan, the process of Satan, the institution, the infrastructure of Satan that propagates captivity in the lives of people, you know, and I was teaching somewhere yesterday that I was saying the captivity literally like to cap the activities of a person in time and in season. And we're looking at it and we're looking at how sometimes the Lord rises of hello from Kenya, good to have you guys. You know, I love Kenya so much. Um, and we're looking at how the enemy sets up um, a system of captivity, but sometimes it's not just the enemy. And sometimes uh, we saw the different times in the Bible where God actually rose up. And the Bible will say, uh, when it says that the angel of God rose up to stand up, to stand against XYZ person, the Bible actually will say in the original Hebrew version, and the angel of the Lord rose up as, as Satan against so, 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 so. Then you then realize that, okay, sometimes when you use the word Satan, you know, in, when you read it in Hebrew, it wasn't saying that the angel of the Lord rose up as Lucifer. No, he actually is saying that, you know, just explaining that system of resistance and the system of opposition, the system of, you know, um, being stopped and being pushed back from achieving your goals. So we ended yesterday by saying the most critical thing is to be able to tell when it is the Lord that is your adversary at a point in time or when it's actually the devil, when it's the enemy. Because sometimes, hello from Syria alone, because sometimes, uh, where is Soko? Sokal. Where is Sokal? Tokumbo, but hello. It's good to be praying with you from Sokal. Um, I don't know why I'm, I'm attending to the locations today, but I guess that the Spirit of God will reveal that to us later. Um, so, you know, is to be able to tell when it's the Lord that is rising up against you as an adversary or when it is actually the devil, when it's actually the enemy. And when it's the Lord, it's not time to go into warfare mode. When it's the Lord, it's time to go into repentance mode. It's time to go into um, presenting your offering before the Lord to say, and sowing your seeds and say, Baba, 
let the hand of the enemy be stopped. And we took the time to look at the scripture, you know, um, in First Chronicles 21, where David actually had to go and offer up an offering. And when he got to the field, he said to the guy, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, use this field. And the guy said, you know what, I'm going to give you my field. I'm going to give you um, if I take my animal, use it for the offering, take the stick, take the everything we use on the field and burn it and use it as to build your altar. And then he said, thank you, but no thank you. I'm not going to give to the Lord anything that, that does not cost me. Like David had understood already what was going on. He understood that, listen, I have already broken number one, number one vow or number one responsibility that I'm supposed to perform, which is to collect um, you know, the money from the people and let them offer it up to the Lord and it was still the plague for them. But now a plague is released and it's because I had not initially done what I was supposed to do as it pertains to money if I'm going to carry out a census. Like, they're not going to give me anything for free. I will pay the price, you know. And even in that case, even in that field being offered up in the goodness of the man's heart, that was an adversary against David. Because if David had taken it, the angel that was standing with his sword, we just continued the mission that God has sent him. You would have just continued killing, you know, like all those uh, in Chinese film or when it's Anoshua how they just move blood spray and keep going. Nothing can stop them. Only one human being killing 5,000 people at the same time. You know, that's what the angel would have continued doing. But David was able to tell that, uh -uh, no, in the same way, when um, um, Pete, um, um, Peter, yes, said to Jesus and said to Jesus, hey, I will not allow you to go to the cross and die. What did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, that's the time. Because Jesus could tell that this is a satanic structure or, you know, this is a satanic enticement that is about to take me that this is an adversary against what God has called me to do. So I appreciate you. And Peter, I appreciate what you want to do for me, but I can categorically tell you that this mentality right here is not the mentality of God. This is a satanic thought that is going to oppose and impede my mission as one that wants to die. So he said, get thee behind me, Satan. So we must be able to identify when even the goodness of people towards us and the good thoughts to, of people towards us is actually satanic. You know, um, there are sometimes, I remember once that ugh, there are sometimes that the Lord will tell you, don't accept a gift, you know, and at that moment in time, you really, 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 really need it. And the person is like, yeah, I know, no, I'm just gonna, and God is like, don't take it. If you go ahead and take it, you will then realize that you just go on a downward spiral from that moment. What you're trying to build cannot be established. What you're trying to do will not. So even though the person has given something big, and it looks like, ah, for sure, this is going to solve my problem. It just in increases and escalates the problem that you have. So in what your five naira could have solved before, the five fifty thousand naira the person gives you will not even be able to go 5%, solve 5% of the problem because the problem will now increase in a monumental way that it is way bigger than what you now get. So many times it's about being able to discern what is from the Lord 
and what is not of the Lord. And that is completely different from when Satan himself just rises up to oppose you. Those are two different things. So we must be able to discern, discern. And that's why Bambi was praying this morning. And she was saying, hey, he took um, gifts from one king and from another king, he did not take anything. They were both hidden kings. How was Abraham able to arrive at the point when he's like, no, I'm not going to take this from you. So she began to say, let us pray for discernment. And I pray that the spirit of God today, as we are hearing his word, as we are growing in the knowledge of the word, that the discernment of the Lord will be established inside of us, that we will be we start growing, that the inner places of our minds, the inner places of our hearts, we start expanding so that little and little but surely, steadily, we'll be able to tell when is the Lord, when the Lord is available, when the Lord is not involved in a matter. I pray that as we hear the word of the Lord, that the spirit behind this word of the Lord will be imputed into our spirit, and as we go through the day, we would rise up in a greater level of discernment to be able to tell good from evil the Bible spoke about people like that and he said these are the kind of people who have been able to shred themselves who by reason of practice and by reason of practice have been able to exercise their senses onto discerning what is good versus what is evil I don't just want to discern the obvious bad I want to discern the bad that it's what is bad before the Lord because sometimes some things are celebrated before men the Bible say what men call wise is foolishness unto God father I don't want to discern what is obvious what the news says, what people say, but God, I need it to take me deeper. God, I need it to take me deeper. I need it to take me deeper into the wells of discernment. I need it to take me deeper into the streams of discernment. I need it to take me deeper where I can observe from a distance what is going wrong, what is not working according to the will of God. I don't need Lord Jesus to do so many things like David did. I don't need for a percentage of the people to be killed before I finally realize that this is not of God. Father, give me the ability to smell from a distance. Father, like a man whose nose has been trained to smell the perfume, to descend the scent, oh God. Father, train my spiritual senses, train the nose of my spirit, the eyes of my spirit, the heart of my spirit, oh God, the ears of my spirit, that from a distance I'll be able to receive spiritual signals, oh God, that I'll be able to descend spiritual signals, oh God, from a distance in the name of Jesus. Father, that I will not be impeded by the things that I could not descend. But Father, in the name of Jesus, make me quick, make me sharp, make me smart, oh God, in my ability to tell good from evil, in the mighty name of Jesus. Masanda. He boska fale baruske parade maradeska paradeshka shadombre inketuba jamragadele porias katava zumrekita kapare doske papa jalabante vila koparis katavale kiro no maskata vele kura jele baruska karamante lebanto paruska parapata zika televeta ragade de 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 baruske telenim baruskata jingrom da bare kasa. Come on, pray for yourself. That God will pull down walls of carnality inside of you. That God will take down gates of carnality inside of you. Entry ways into carnal dwellings and carnal thinking and carnal methodologies. That the Spirit of God will take it away and erase it and break it and shatter it. That there will be no infrastructure for carnality inside of you. Whatever infrastructures for carnalities that were embedded in you, that were established in you, even from your birthing days, even 
even from your engagement with the world, even from your struggles and from your pain and from your struggles of troubles, whatever infrastructure of canality that was raised inside of you that has limited and impeded your ability to discern God in clarity, that the spirit of God will begin to break such structures. The spirit of God will begin to scatter such structures and begin to declare over yourself, I am a man of the spirit. I am able to discern when God is in the room. I am able to tell when God is in a matter. In the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare that everything inside of me that responds canally, I declare that the wisdom of the fire of the Holy Spirit is consuming such structures in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that deep called on to deep. If I will swim in the depth of the wisdom of God, if I will swim in the depth of the knowledge of God, I myself must unlock the deep places within me. And so I say to my spirit, I say to my soul, I say to my mind, open the deep inside of you. I move my spirit, I move my soul from the place of shallow thinking and shallow dwelling. I move you from the place of shallowness. I say to my spirit, where is the depth within you? I say to my soul, where are your deep places? Begin to engage with the deep of God. Begin to swim in the deep of God. Begin to run in the deep of God. Anything that keeps me from going into the 
deep places of God. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. I rebuke those words that say, you know, I just, I just want to be here. I don't want to get into all these church things. I don't want to get into this kind of deep spooky Christianity. I rebuke that mindset in Jesus' name. I rebuke you. You will no longer impede me from observing the wealth that God has placed in the depths that is inside of me. I rebuke those thoughts and I embrace the deep, the deep swimming. I embrace it in the name of Jesus. I embrace the deep man. I raise up for myself in the spirit realm facilities of the deep, facilities of the deep. Even when I am unconscious about it, Father, let these things, let these prayers that I have prayed, let them become spiritual facilities, oh God, that are constantly facilitating and enabling her, me to come into deep places. Her. Even when I'm unconscious and I am just even walking around or talking to people or eating, Father, let the deep be calling unto me. Let the deep be calling unto me. Let me not be able to survive or be comfortable in shallow dwellings. Her. In the name of Jesus, Velimatobi. Lift up your heads, you living, breathing doors and gates, that the glory of God may be revealed through my life. In the name of Jesus, Sanda Valate. I hope you are praying. I hope you are praying. I hope you are praying for yourself. In the name of Jesus, Malonde Kivasa. Maroko sombre iketele dila bashanda keporo sonde vekele bashata valatela. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Matoki, matoge bara hasita. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. We give you glory, God, as we worship you. You are wonderful. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are powerful. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are glorious. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are powerful. You are worthy, oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This morning, I want to pray for people who um, have gone through some sort of trauma, and that trauma has rewired your brain, rewired your mind, rewired your heart to never go deep. And so you are constantly swimming on the shallow end of every pool in this life, every pool of conversation, every pool of engagement, every pool. You are just on the shallow end because you are constantly afraid that of what you will find when you go deep. You are constantly afraid of how you will survive when you go deep. This morning, I want to pray for you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask, oh God, 
that father you break the hold of that trauma over your people i just ask oh god that you break the hold of that trauma that pain that event oh god that you break it over them in the name of jesus father we know we cannot erase what has happened but lord jesus we know that you can increase your people and you can take them way past the effect of what happened god we are not denying that it happened and it existed but god we are saying that by the power of the blood move them shift them away from the effect of it in the name of jesus god what we are praying for only you can do it only you can break the hopes and the aspirations of hell only you can completely shatter the mechanizations of satan that he has set in place and he had vowed to himself and said surely with these things i have done there is no way this one will not be taken down only you can completely disgrace the wisdom of hell so god we ask that in the name of jesus that you disgrace and you scatter and you shatter the expectations of darkness that which they were hoping to achieve by reason of this breaking by reason of this pain by reason of this problem by reason of this abuse father let them not achieve it in the name of the lord jesus let them not achieve it let it not come to pass and so god i ask that yes what has happened has happened but father i ask that you expand your people expand your son expand your daughter past the effect of it oh god that lord where they stand they may be able to able to even look back at it as a time of wisdom building as a time of gate entering in the name of the lord jesus and so god i break every negative effect that was associated with that trauma that keeps showing up in their life negative effects all kinds of fears all kinds of anxieties all kinds of neurological problems father right now by the blood of jesus i rebuke it her. And I say to that Satan, that demon her, that is lurking in the kernels of the heart and the lives of those people, hiding behind pain, hiding behind shame, hiding behind fear, that demon that now propagates itself as anger problem, memory loss, physical bodily pains and aches. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus and I say, come out in the name of Jesus. You have no place inside of these people. This morning, if you are here and you are dealing with trauma and the effect of trauma over your life, I want you to begin to say, I disassociate myself from the effect of what I went through. I break the hand of, of, of the effect of what I went through over me. I receive the healing of God. I receive the deliverance of God. I receive the liberty of God. This day, I say that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I no longer walk through those doors. I no longer walk through those gates. I pull myself out of the hold of the gate of trauma and I shut the door by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, pray for yourself. Pray these prayers over yourself this morning because the Spirit of God is here to heal and the Spirit of God is here to deliver. Let deliverance begin to happen in your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I receive the washing. I receive the healing of the blood of Jesus. I declare that every cycles of hell, of pain, of trauma that is released over me seasonally, I declare that as I receive the healing of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I declare that those cycles are broken right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, say that over yourself. I break those cycles. I break the repetitions of those cycles. And right now, I want you to pray and to say, God, 
whatever covenant I have made with the trauma and the effect of the trauma in whatever way that I keep um, enacting and I keep um, rebuilding that covenant. Lord, this morning, I break it and I set the blood of Jesus between me and the experience. I set the blood of Jesus between me and the experience. The Bible says that the blood of Abel cries out from the ground and the blood of Abel is crying out for penalty, for the sin and, and payment uh, over the life of Abel for what was done to for over the life of Cain, for what Cain did to Abel. And so what trauma does is that it releases a voice that is constantly saying, oh, that, you know, um, the, the, if this is the effect of what was done, you know, you must be in pain, you must be sad, you must be broken, you must be sick by reason of what happened to you, you must walk in shame, that that trauma is constantly speaking. But today, say I place the blood of Jesus between the trauma and myself. I place the blood of Jesus between what happened and myself. The trauma might even be a mistake you made. I just saw a man, you are dealing with business trauma, the trauma of making so many mistakes in your business and so it's a trauma of judgment poor judgment but this morning put the blood of Jesus between you and that trauma and say that by the power of the Holy Spirit it no longer speaks over my life now let a new voice begin to speak the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of Abel what is better than penalty it is mercy what is better than payment for sin it is the it is the release of the opportunity for newness so begin to say I please Place the blood of Jesus between me and this trauma. And you know, I just saw a woman praying this over her child. I need you to release it over your child. For some children, they are bearing the trauma of the pain that their mothers went through while they were pregnant. And so some children came out with certain um, problems and certain issues. And sometimes it may just even be the trauma of what they've observed in their homes. And some children are not even able to speak. They don't have free speech anymore because of the trauma that happened to them when they were kids and for some of them it's abuse so right now begin to place the blood of Jesus let it stand between your child and the trauma that they experience and say let the blood shut that door let the blood shut that door let the blood stop the speaking of the voice of the trauma and let the blood of Jesus begin to speak about the will of God concerning them the desires of God concerning them let there be a new voice that is speaking let it be the voice of the prophecy the prophecy of Jesus towards these children, the prophecy of Jesus towards my life. Come on, put a new voice to begin to speak over you. A, a new voice because the voice that speaks over you determines the atmosphere in your life. Some of you have begun to carry depressive atmospheres everywhere you go. When you enter, it is like heaviness enters a room and it is not godly heaviness, but demonic heaviness. Begin to place the blood of Jesus in between you and the voice and begin to say that a new voice is speaking and it is the blood of Jesus. Let this door, let this voice shut every door, every door, every door, every door that was open, every door that was open. Let this blood shut those doors in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, I agree with you that you are disassociated from the trauma you went through and its effects. You no longer walk through those gates by the power of the Holy Spirit. I agree with you and I shut those doors. I shut those gates. I say they no longer speak over your life in the name of Jesus. I just 
just release you into the power of the blood in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, I agree with you, Phil, that concerning Lorraine, I just begin to declare that Lorraine is healed of memory loss right now in the mighty name of Jesus. She is restored, oh God, with excellent health in the name of Jesus. The finances are restored by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I agree with you, Chica, that a new voice is speaking over you. I agree with you, Uche, that the aspirations of hell shall not be satisfied in your life. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, if two of us shall agree as touching any matter, it shall be done. Yes, we just release healing. We just release power over God's people. We shut the speaking of the voice of hell. We shut the speaking of the voice of trauma. We say, oh God, that our life shall not be redefined by this trauma. But we declare, oh God, that only the gates you have called us to walk through, we will walk through by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Kelemaso, Kalivaso, Kabaraso, Keleboso, Vele Venele Merosoto, Barekasomre Ike Parusa Talade. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Karamanto Breli Kazovre Iketilaka. Yes, Lord. Nabose Keremata Zopraha. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Chica, we agree with you. We break the spirit of abuse over your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Maya, we just release a new walk of joy in your life. The Bible says with joy, you will draw from the wells of salvation. You will no longer stop. You have entered a place of, you know, where you are no longer to draw. The, the, your faith was no longer to release onto you um, new aspirations, new desire, new strength. But I just declare that there is a release of joy over you in the the name of Jesus, hope, just as your name says, I declare over you that you are hopeful and you consistently walk in the hope that is in Christ Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I don't know if Lola is on this call, but while we're praying concerning the deep, I saw you, Lola, and it was like my spirit was praying for you. And I just says that the spirit of God is releasing a new kind of operation of the deep over your life, a new kind of operation of the deep. The Lord is calling you right now, and the Lord is opening to you gates of deep engagement with the spirit. You are able to engage um, in spiritual things in spiritual warfare, um, in discerning the heart of God, the mind of God, in being able to have dreams, visions, prophecies. God is releasing unto you and opening unto you the gate of the deep. I see it so clearly in the realm of the spirit. And so I call it over you in the name of Jesus. And I declare that this new day, this new season that God is calling over you, it will not be stopped. It will not be impeded in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I need us to move quickly, but I thank God today is Saturday. So please, you just give me a little bit more time. Let's push to 7.30. I don't even know how we arrived at the deep, but, you know, let's just, let's keep, <laughs> let's keep moving. Um, there's a vision I had, and I have told it to some of you here before. I had this vision or this dream once where I was in this um huge park. It was like a park. You know, the way you have parks in foreign countries, you have fountains here and there, you have children playing, you have birds, you know, just um landing and people giving the feeding the birds and you know, all kinds of things. So I was in this park and I was talking with a group of friends, and then um I I, I saw um 
I, while I was talking, an angel of the Lord came to me and said to me, Isi, I have a message for you from God. And I was like, okay, go ahead. And he said, but I need to show it to you. And I was like, all right, you know, what's this message? What do you have to show to me? And he said, follow me. And then he took me and he took me um, to a pool in the park. And I was like, oh, how come I didn't notice this pool here? It wasn't so big, maybe just like, uh, maybe like, 11 feet or 12 feet by 12 feet or something like that. It wasn't so big, but then you could tell that it was really deep. And while we stood in front of this pool, the angel of the Lord said to me, he said, jump into this pool. When you jump into this pool, you will see a golden door. And when you open the golden door, you will come into the fullness of the glory of God. And as he said it, he disappeared. And I realized that it was an invitation from God to come into another level of um, revelation and glory operation. Um, but the problem was when he said it, all my mind could see was when I jump into the pool, that feeling of drowning, that feeling of suffocation, while I'm trying to look around for the golden door, you know, how would I feel? Will I be able to breathe? Okay, when I open the door, you know, will I enter into another realm where it's not water anymore and then I can breathe freely? All I was thinking about was the possibility of me dying. So I was there. I, I didn't jump in. So everybody that passed, I would say to them, hi, um, um, the angel of God sent to me that if you jump into this pool, you see a golden door. When you open it, you'll come into the fullness of the glory of God. And as soon as I say to the person, boom, the person jumps into the pool. They don't even think about it. And they just jump in. Another person comes. I say, here, yeah, um, listen, listen, guys, the angel of God said to me, and the person jumps in and jumps in and people kept jumping in. And I never jumped in. And at some point I said, no, you see, you have to jump in. You see, you have to jump in. And I found two people, you know, that were walking by. I said, look, we're going to jump in together. Okay. Okay. We're going to jump in together. I said, so um, um, we're going to go now. One, two, three. And as I, before I could say jump, I started waking up. And as I was waking up, I heard the spirit of God saying, I had this vision in, I think 2012 or something like that. I heard the spirit of God saying, you see, this is your greatest problem, your fear. And I said, fear i'm not a fearful person and as i said i'm not a fearful person i said it from the point of oh you know i can confirm whatever i need to confirm. i can say what well, i said matter of fact god i've been praying that you should curb my boldness how can you say my fear and he said not fear as you know it but your fear of heights and i woke up and as he said your fear of heights i knew the height he was talking about i knew he was talking about the height of um of, of being known of being um of being separate, the fear of, oh, being glorified above others and stuff like that. And then I woke up and immediately I woke up, I just rolled to the floor, you know, from the bed. And I was like, Lord, deliver me. Lord, have mercy on me. And I, I, I and I, as we were praying this morning, the Lord reminded me of that vision. And I feel like the Lord has invited a lot of people to setting doors. But the problem is the door is not standing right in front of you. The door is in the deep of God. So you need to jump into the deep places of God's perspective, the deep places of God's heart, the deep places of God's position concerning the matters in your life, concerning what is going on, to be able to see the way the Lord sees it. <laughs> and, excuse me. And for a minute, it might be like you, you feel like you're suffocating. It may be uncomfortable. But the truth is that there are certain levels of operation you don't enter into until you enter into the deep. 
One day, one of my 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 mentors, counselors, you know, she was speaking with me, and you know, we're talking about something that I was dealing with. And while she was speaking to me, she and I, I was there. I was saying, you know what? I can't do this, man. I can't go through this. Like I I just can't. I don't know how. And she said to me, and she said to me, she said, "Pi, you have to try." She said, "You have to try." She said, "You know, I see it so clearly. When you are able to deal with this." And to deal with it effectively and, and, and to enter the heart of God in this matter. She said, I just see that you're going to come out on the other side. You know, she said, um, you're going to come out on the other side, an apostle. She said, this is how apostles are born. You know, and I don't think she, she in the moment, she knew the weightiness of what she was saying. Like she, 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 she looked for the word and she said, used the word apostle. And as soon as she said it, I understood what she was saying. I, I understood that she wasn't talking about, and he ascended on her and he gave gifts unto men. But rather she was talking about the unlocking of the gifts. The key that will open that door. That's what she was talking about. And she was saying, trying to say that, you know, when you have gone through this, it now qualifies you to be able, anywhere you see the door, you shatter it. Anywhere you see the door, you break it. Like you can't, you notice the door so easily. I like this door, I've seen it before. And I know where this door is trying to take this person to. So I pull you down in the name of Jesus. Come, get, get, get out. You know, because you cannot judge a disobedience that you have not first judged inside of you. You cannot judge it externally. So because you have reached depths and places where your decision-making was so tried, by reason of pain, by reason of fear, but you did not respond to the desires of Satan. Rather, you took the route of God. How be it painful, how be it hard it was. When you break out on the other side of that, something has happened to you. You too, you have become a doorway infrastructure so that everybody that walks into your life walks into something powerful. Everybody that walks into your life walks into an orchestration and an operation of God. So this is how people move from being men into becoming gates themselves. This is how you move from being an ordinary individual into becoming a door in yourself. You know, so you have to be able to jump into the deep, to launch into the deep. So sometimes God invites you and he just opens one, one new season in your life. It's like when you're swimming in a pool that was not well constructed and you are going in the pool, it's just like this. And next thing, bam, there's just a sharp fall in the pool and you're like what's going on what's going on i wasn't i i mean one second ago my feet was touching the ground and the next second i'm in the deep end that's what that's what it's like sometimes with god and god is just taking you you're just on the deep of oh you know well okay uncle i understand this i've mastered it and bam he just shows you into one sh one sharp dip and you have the choice to say, you know what, I'm just going to use the only energy I have to pull back into where my feet can stand, or I am going to master the deep. I'm going to master this, this side of the pool. I'm going to master it and learn to keep my head above water, even when my feet cannot touch the ground. It's a new kind of skill. It's a new kind of expertise. So I, I want you today to receive the deep of God. You are like, ah, oh, man, I've never made this kind of mistake in business before. My goodness, I'm just going to pack it up and run away. Don't do that. Stay in the deep and have a deep conversation with the father and say, God, how did I make this mistake? God, how did I enter? How can I come out of this? How can a man be rescued and resuscitated from such a situation? It may be that your marriage has taken a deep. It may be that your, 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 even your health has taken a dip. Before you run out or before you deny it, enter there and say, how did I get here? It could be that you wake up one morning. You see, one day I was talking to um, a skilled person in the area of therapy, 
restoration, deliverance, and all of that. And I was having a conversation, and Bessie said, you know, tell me, you know, this story and this journey. And as I was, I realized that as I was speaking to the person, I was saying, you know, because this happened to me. And then the Lord said to me that this is what is releasing this over your life. And then God said to me, rebuke the spirit, rebuke this day, walk out of this room and enter into this new place. And then as I went through that, two months later, I then began to have this other manifestation. And as I stayed with the Lord, the Lord then said to me, this is why this is happening to you. And God said to me, begin to pray for your brain to be rewired in this area. And then the Lord led me to go and study the part of the brain that is responsible for this. And then God said to me, begin to declare this over that brain. And then after that, you know, when I finished with the woman, she was like, what, what are you doing here? I said, so I don't understand. She was like, you don't understand what's just happening. She said, you are saying to me the pathways of liberation that I had to go to school to study. And I have spent years studying to be able to release steps of deliverance over people. She was like, you don't know what God has done for you. And you have no idea the nature of relationship you have with the Lord. And I was like, yeah, but auntie, I don't feel that way, actually. You know, I just feel like I, I'm just pacing with the Holy Ghost. Like, Holy Ghost, don't leave me, please. Don't leave me. Oh, before trauma go carry me, they go away, I don't know. You know, I just feel like I'm post pacing with the Lord. I should like, no, the Lord has done so much for you. And why am I saying this to you? I'm not trying to make myself appear like, you know, the custodian of, you know, the realities of the spirit realm. No, not at all. I'm saying this to you because I know how to wait in a conversation with the Lord. I'm not quick to say, let's throw it away. Let's look at it further. In some other things, in fact, many times in the initially, I don't deal. I just laugh through things. But after a while, when I feel the tugging of the Holy Ghost, I stop and I'm like, Father, can we sit at this table? Let's talk about this matter. Because it's like this thing want to make me to grace, you know, but I need to understand how shall a man be delivered from mental problems by the blood of Jesus when this thing and this thing and this thing wants to drive you crazy, you know? And then I sit with the Lord and the way the restoration begins is that I don't deny that this door has been opened onto me by the enemy. I don't deny that it is enticing to walk through a different door that is not the door of the Lord. And I don't deny to the Lord that it is hard to pass through his way. And I'm like, Father, show me. Even if I've even entered a door and I did not know, show me how to walk out of it, God. I want to hold your hand and I present myself for the process of restoration. I present myself for the process of release. I present myself for the process of deliverance. And as I go through that with the Lord, I begin to see the Lord turning things around. So part of the problem that a lot of people have is that we don't know how to engage with God on the level of the deep. So we just want to come to God and say, you know, oh Lord, just bless me, just heal me, just release me, just deliver me. But God is like, can we have a conversation? And God is like, let us have, come sit down with me. Let us reason together. The reason why God wants to reason with you is not because God needs your wisdom for him to make a right decision. But in the process of a conversation with the Lord, there is a transference of his wisdom, his posture, his position, his mentality onto you. And when God begins to transfer that onto you, you begin to expand and take the same position that God has in the spirit realm. And that is how certain things are broken off you. Because I always say to you that there are certain deliverances that happen to people that don't happen when you are in a church or don't happen when you are in a big um, deliverance meeting. Sometimes it is when you hold truth 
and you hold the truth in the place of prayer and you say to yourself, you say, God, I know and I can see how I have embraced a lie and a position and I see it out working inside of me and I see how it has changed my character and I see how it has started making me evaluate life in a certain way and I see how I started behaving. I've seen the values I have upheld. Father, I renounce it by the blood of Jesus and I want to take your truth. I want to take your way. I want to go into the deep with you. Hey, Rabaka. In that moment, sometimes you are screaming. I'm telling you something is leaving you. The workings of hell are yeah, like you are vomiting all kinds of strongholds out of you. And you get up from that place of prayer, that corner in your room, and you actually feel lighter. You feel the air of the spirit just blowing over you. That's not the time to walk away from what the Lord has done. Keep reenacting, keep speaking that deliverance over yourself over and over again until you fully walk out of that room that you entered by reason of the deceit of hell. And then when you walk out of it now, enter into God's opinion. Enter into God's option. You know that that word in, 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 the, in the Greek version for, for glory in, in, the Hebrew, in the Greek is actually the word doxa, and doxa means opinion. So the way that the glory of God is released over a person is that you enter into the opinion of God. At that point in time, one time the opinion of God may be fight and another time the opinion of God will be surrender. So you have to consistently say, God, what's your opinion? What's your opinion? If Because if you don't do that, a situation that could have produced for you um, glory and power and increase and promotion could then be the very thing that takes you down. So you need to consistently enter the doors of God's opinion and realize that God has got a position in every matter. Praise God. Um, I want to move forward from here. I want to move forward from here. But I just ask you this morning, receive the invitation of the Lord. In, receive the invitation of God to enter into a deep walk with the spirit, to enter into a deep engagement with the spirit realm. Receive God's invitation this morning. For how can you walk where you don't know the way of the Lord? For how can you run when you don't know the way of the spirit? For how can you fly when you don't know the way of the wind? The power at work in you, working everything in obedience to Christ. So swallow your pride. Today, come to the school of the spirit. For don't you know that in his hands are the keys to eternal life? It's a little here and a little there until the day will dawn. He's at work in you, working everything in obedience to Christ. This morning, Swallow your pride. Today, come to the school of the spirit. For don't you know that in his hands are the keys to eternal life? It's a little here and a little there until the day will dawn. He's at work in you, working everything. In obedience to Christ, realigning everything. 
in obedience to Christ. For he's the Holy Ghost, Spirit of the living God. He's the Holy Ghost, Scepter of the King of Kings. He's the Holy Ghost. He's the seal of the age to come. He's the only one working everything in obedience to there are levels of God, levels of Christ, levels of the power of the spirit that you cannot come into until you fully align to the tutelage of God. Jude, you can go ahead until you fully align with the tutelage of the spirit. There are levels of engagement with the Lord that you can never enter into. So this morning, can you allow the Lord? Jude, you can go ahead. I can see you want to play that song. This morning, can you allow the Holy Spirit to do his work and to perform his will in you? How can you walk when you don't know the way of the world? How can you run when you don't know the way of the spirit? How can you fly when you don't know the way of the wind? The power and walking, walking everything in obedience to Christ. Cause he's the Holy Ghost, Spirit of the living God. He's the Holy Ghost, Scepter of the King of Kings. He's the Holy Ghost, the seal of the age to come, who is changing everything in obedience to Christ. He's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God. He's the Holy Ghost, the center of the King of Kings. Walking everything in obedience to Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. I want us to move away from this. Swallow your pride. Tonight, get up to the school of the Spirit. You know, I want us to move away from this scripture really quickly. And there's a scripture I want us to enter into today. So, Father, we are not shutting the door of 1 Corinthians um, 16 over our lives. But, Father, we just ask that you give us the liberty to enter into another um, space of another scripture. So, Lord, we don't shut the door. Father, we just ask that the outworking of that scripture and Paul's walk in Ephesus, let it continue to speak over us in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that you grant us access into Matthew 16, verse 15 to 19, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, I have a feeling we're still going to go to 1 Corinthians at some point, but I want us to enter this scripture because I just feel that other scripture still pulling us and holding our leg and saying there's more doors here 
So let's just try and, you know, let's follow the Holy Ghost. Um, First Corinthians 16, verse 15 to 19, um, it says, who do you say that I am? This is Jesus having a conversation with his disciples. Uh, we're going to pray with the scripture. We're going to close with the scripture, but I need to just share some foundational truths with you. And so he says, um, who do you say that I am? So, and Simon Peter replied, now before this, people, other people have said, oh, you know, you are Jesus. Um, you are the son of, um, you are, you are, Elijah that has returned, or you are this person, you know, some say you are this, some say you are that. Before we go on, I'm just going to circle back real quickly to those who were praying for uh, with trauma. And, you know, yesterday while I was praying, the, the Holy Spirit dropped a word in my heart, and it is the word Beelzebub. And we all know Beelzebub to be one of the outworkings of um, Satan. And he is actually literally called uh, it, it means the Lord of the flies. And the Lord said it to me in relation to people who need healing from wounds. And, you know, immediately I saw, and you know, the fly comes to perch on wounds. And so part of the things that releases the working of Beelzebub over the lives of people is unhealed wounds and unhealed, like, um, soulish, um, basically wounds and traumas. And so, that's I, I had actually forgotten that when I started praying for poor trauma. So I believe that the Spirit of God actually what really wants this, and He really wants to stop the operation of Beelzebub in the lives of people. So um, I just pray for you that as we have actually entreated the Lord, that indeed the Spirit of God will rub the balm of Gilead over your heart and the balm of Gilead over your soul, the balm of Gilead over your mind, and bring speedy recovery to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. No, no, nowhere for the flies to perch in the spirit realm. We just remove all of that. I will declare that in the name of Jesus, it's a new day. It's a healed soul. It's a healed spirit. And you know, you, you operate in the strength and in the wisdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, that song is by Pastor Chris Delvan. It's by Pastor Chris Delvan. I, I, it's not on iTunes. I don't think, I think it's a it's just on YouTube. So if anybody finds a YouTube link, you can post it here or you can put it on the, um, not, don't put it here, actually put it on your WhatsApp group so that people don't click and get distracted and go somewhere else. Okay, so Matthew 16, verse 15 to 19, it says, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, um, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, here is Jesus um, saying to him, he says, who do men say that I am? And you know, many times the biggest invitation that we get into an operation of God is a question. The Lord throws a question at you. And the question may not be when you are kneeling down to pray. The question may not be when you are in a service. The question may be in the circumstance of your life or something happening to you. And so you see that Peter was able to enter into a door that then made him the opener of doors. And we're going to get there. And the way that you are able to first access that main door, who is Jesus? Because the biggest, greatest, ultimate door of creation is Christ. 
So until a man is able to pass through the door of Jesus, you cannot open other doors. Now you may say to yourself, oh yes, I passed through the door of Jesus. The day I gave my life to Christ. Yes, you gave your life. You entered into the the, the kingdom. But the question is, have you been able to understand the kingdom you've entered into? Have you been able to open the multiple doors that are within this kingdom? So Jesus is the doorway to Zion. He's the doorway to the kingdom of God. He's the doorway to the kingdom of God that contains within it the kingdom of heaven and many other kingdoms. So, but the question is, do you understand how these kingdom operations, how they happen? So Jesus said to Peter, hey, blessed are you, but we give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So Peter came into something in Christ that gave him the authorization to enter into all other things that are in Christ. So within this Jesus, the big door that you've entered are other multiple little doors, minor doors, great doors, small doors, all kinds of doors that are embedded within the door of Jesus. So the thing now is, but how do you access the door of Christ? It is through the revelation of who he is. So there is one foundational revelation that you entered where you say, I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. You entered into the door of his Lordship. So the moment you entered the door of his Lordship, he became Lord. He became Lord over your life. So you disassociated yourself from the Lordship of hell and darkness and you entered under the jurisdiction called Christ. And when you entered into the jurisdiction called Christ, the question is how many other doors have you then opened? Are you still standing upon only the salvation, the, 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 the foundation of salvation or have you been able to access other things embedded within salvation? Now, that same way, Jesus is also revealed in other areas of life. And he is consistently asking this question, who do you say that I am? In the day that you are sitting and you're saying to yourself, ah, why is my ministry not going forward? Why am I not able to do the things that I want to do for God? Why am I still struggling with finances? Why am I still struggling with people? Why am I still struggling to have a voice? Why am I still struggling? The question that is being released to you is, who do you say that I am in the midst of all of this? What is the opinion of Christ in your current situation? It is always a conversation that pulls you into the door of life or the door of death. Remember what I always say to you people, that you are only hindered by a conversation you are supposed to have with God, but you have not had. When you don't have that conversation, Satan will have it with you. And the moment Satan has a conversation with you, Satan perverts the wisdom of God and it releases the spirit and the aroma of death over your life. So be quick to have conversations with the Lord. If there is a thing that you need to settle with God, settle it because Jesus is constantly asking, who do you say that I am? Because it is one thing for men to say that I am. It is one thing for PI to say to you that Jesus is a deliverer. It is one thing for me to say to you that Jesus wants your heart and he wants to release his opinion over you. It is one thing for me to say to you, here is the opinion of Christ in this matter, but here is the opinion of flesh in this matter. It is one thing for me to say to you, but it's another thing for you to know it and to say it back to the Lord. This is who you are. This is your position. This is your posture. The moment you are able to find the opinion of God, the moment you are able to search out the wisdom of God in the midst of the situation of your life, it opens a door to you. It opens a door to you. The moment you hit it and you hit God's revelation in the midst of the circumstance, boom, another door opens to you in the spirit realm. So he says, who do you say that I am? People have said all kinds of things, but you, who do you say that I am? 
And then you realize that in the midst of that group, only Peter had a personal revelation. Other people say, well, people say that you are this. People say that you are this. But who do you say? And so the people realized at that moment that the opinion they had was of Christ was filled with the opinions of other people, not what they had entered into. And that's the problem with many believers. We are filled with revelations that are born out of other people's sermons. But you have not taken the sermon and allowed the sermon navigate you into your personal revelation of God. So in the midst of that matter, in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that situation, even in the midst of that joy and promotion, who do you say that Jesus is? Esther came into a time of promotion, but she could not find Jesus in the midst of it. So when Mordecai, who in that situation is the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost is our companion through life's journey. The Holy Ghost is the one that sits with us when we are orphans, when we are displaced, when we have no home. He's the one that lures us into God, into Christ. He's the Holy Ghost that stands as our shelter and our covering and our pastor. And then even in the time of promotion, it is the Holy Spirit that begins to tell you, uh -uh, you are not touching this thing God's way. This is not how God will operate. He's the one that helps you to answer the question of who Christ is in the midst of the circumstance of life. And he said to Esther, he said to Esther, he said, hey, Esther, you are missing the point. You don't understand why God has put you in that office. It is not for you to just be exalted above people. It is for you to orchestrate deliverance. Imagine Esther was about to miss destiny moments if she did not allow the Lord ask her the question and go back into prayer. So when Mordecai said to her, said that to her, she said, give me three days, let me fast and pray. Give me the first seven days of September, let me go into prayer and fasting. Then I will come back and I will tell you what we shall do. Do you understand what I'm saying? So many times we are not able to answer that question of who Jesus is in the midst of the circumstance. And he said, and Peter said to him, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. You are not just the Christ, the anointed one, because that's what the Christ means. Christ means anointed one with the anointing. So you're not just the anointed one with anointing, but you also have a heritage. You also have a lineage. You also have a place you have come from. You are the son of the living God. So he was not just able to speak about Jesus's position and Jesus's power and Jesus official position but he also spoke about Jesus um position as a son so in every situation that is given to you there are always two things there is always the position of the anointed and the anointed one that can break you up like a shatter but there is also the position of the heart of the of, of Jesus so that's why many times when situations happen to us, you hear people say, ah, I say fire over my enemy, any war that rises up to say that I will not prosper, fire, may you be destroyed, may your own table break, may you also not prosper. That's you utilizing the, the anointing. And it is possible you can say those things and those things happen to those people. But it, he's not just the Christ, he's also the son of the living God. He also has a DNA, a nature, a heart, a perspective. So whenever you are approaching Jesus or answering the question of who am I in the midst of this situation, don't only burn in the anointing and in the power of how the yokes can be broken and how the damage can be done to darkness. Also sit back and say, okay, I hear, I see, and I feel like calling that fire over the city. But Jesus, I want to know your heart. 
I want to know your heart towards the people. I want to know your mind. Look at um, Abraham negotiating. I recently I heard a minister say, it wasn't just lots that Abraham was negotiating for. Because Abraham was negotiating for different people. He started with a big number. I said, what if you find this number of righteous people? Would you please spare the city? What if you find? Now, it's possible to say Abraham did not know how much Lot had grown. Maybe Lot had plenty of grandchildren. Oh God, will you spare? That wasn't it. Abraham, after seeing the, all the things happening in Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm sure he had heard it of the news. I'm sure every day he'll be sitting there thinking, eh? So Lot has now become an elder in that city. Upon everything that I taught Lord, Lord does not know to pack his bag and run and leave. My goodness, whatever circumstances coming upon, I let it finish Lord also. Can you imagine a son of rebellion, son of Belial? And that's why you have to be careful as a leader. Sometimes you, you may say to yourself, oh, look at this person that I trained so much. He left me and he went to this place and look at what he's doing. And let him see what it's like. No, you don't do that. Because you are not just only calling down fire, but when you also look at the heart of the father, you also know that the father does not desire for people to die. He does not desire for anyone to be destroyed. He does not desire, that's not his way. He doesn't, he doesn't need you to pay the price with your life to discover that you are wrong. If there can be somebody that intercedes for you, then God can liberate you from that mistake. You know, so Abraham was interceding and saying, you know, I know you had to destroy the city. I know that as the Christ, you have to stand for certain righteous things, but in your heart as the maker, in your heart as the father, please, can you rescue some people? If there are certain righteous people, spare the city. What he was saying was that spare the city. Spare it. Don't even let them die. Please send them a preacher. Please send them an encounter. Don't let them die in this. What I'm telling you this morning is very, very crucial to entering into the power of Jesus. Very crucial. And as soon as Peter came into this revelation, he, Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. He said, blessed are you, son of Jonah. Blessed are you. Immediately, Jesus took him from the place of his physical lineage, his physical life, his physical inheritance, the physical circumstances, his father, his mother's house. And Jesus in that moment in time performed the deliverance service. I said, I know you are the son of Jonah. I know that this is who you are. I know that this is how your life has been, but I pull you and I, it puts you inside of the blessedness of God. There is a power in revelation. Many times when you feel that you are cornered by God and you are cornered into a conversation with the Lord, Part of what the Lord is doing is that the Lord wants to bring you into the next level of the Lord wants to bring you into the blessedness. He wants to wrap you up inside of himself. So he says, I take you from being the son of Jonah and I put you and I embed you within the blessing of God. Remember what God did to them in Genesis. He says, and God made them and God blessed them. Then it was after the blessing that God says, be fruitful, multiply, kill the earth. They were now begin, able to begin to manifest different characteristics of the Godhead and the God life. So what needs to precede the manifestation of the God life is the blessing of God. But what releases the blessing of God is when you push to find the opinion of God. When you are able to say, here is Christ in the midst of this matter. Here is God's opinion in the midst of this matter. I'm not just searching for my own opinion, but here is what the Lord wants. 
I remember one day I was in such a struggle. I was in such a, a tussle. You know, something had happened and I just wanted to do the first thing that came to my mind, the first thing that came to my heart. And I was there and I went on my knees. I was like, God, this is what I really want to do. This is how I'm feeling. And the Lord said to me, he said to me, you see, I want to raise your perspective. And he said, this raising of your perspective is going to break you into another space in the spirit realm. And I said, okay, God, go ahead, show me what you want to say. And the Lord said to me, Isi, if you were to die right now, the way you are feeling, these emotions, do you truly believe that as your soul and your spirit is lifting your, leaving your body, this will be what you are thinking about? I said, huh? He said, what would you be thinking about? I said, well, huh, huh, huh. If my spirit is leaving my body right now, I'm sure I'll be thinking, wow, what a wow, whoa. look at this realm, look at this, this happening. I'm sure I'll remember my songs. I'm sure I'll be like, oh my God, how, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll just be blessing the earth and say, you know, guys, adios amigo, you know, I'm, I'm going into the deep of God. And I'm like, Lord, I'm sure when I see the chariot that comes to pick me, first of all, the last thing I'll be thinking about is what somebody did to me or somebody that stole my tomatoes. What's my business with that? I've ascended into another realm when all things are ready, you know, and in that moment, I had a good laugh with the Lord. And I'm like, you know, and God said to me, he said, Isi, exactly. You must operate from that place constantly. Elevate your thoughts and elevate your position. He said, until you arrive at that place where you live dead to this world and alive unto God's reality, you will never be able to make godly decisions. And it changed my mind completely. And I realized that if my spirit was believing my body in that moment, the, the person that I thought, oh, Jesus has hurt me, I cannot go, I cannot, I am sure I'll be blessing the person. Because the moment I see God's eyes and I see God's desire concerning that individual, my goodness, I'm sure I will even join God and join the prayer meeting in heaven where they are praying for the person's life. The moment I see a bigger picture and I see all the bondages and the shackles that held the person from when they were a child. And to see how those things have played out into the character they are now displaying. When I see that the mother of that person went to shrines and altars and offered them up to demonic spirits, and those demonic spirits are refusing to let them go, irrespective of the amount of prayer meeting they attend. And I now see how those demonic spirits now cause the manifestation of the hurt that the person inflicted on me. Ah, if I am in heaven, I'm sure the last thing I'll be doing is saying, yes, God, burn him with fire. Finish them with thunder. No. I'm sure within the realm of that heavy perspective, what I'll be doing is joining the, the high priest, Jesus, to make intercession for that individual. And God said to me, for you to consistently enter into my opinion, you must die to this world and the opinion of this world and be seized, consistently lock yourself within the realm of, of God's perspective and the life of God and eternal perspective. He said, from that place, you will always be able to make the right decision. I'm saying this to you because this is what happened to Simon in that moment. He says, who do men say that I am? He says, you are, you are, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, Simon, bless that down. This thing that you just said has opened a door for you and it has opened the door for you into the blessing of God. It has opened the door for you into the place where you enter into the lineage of God. You remember, it says, and God blessed them. And then God commanded them, saying to them, be fruitful, be multiplied, multiply. There are some things that God is allocating to you in this season, some kingdom responsibilities. Excuse me. There are some kingdom responsibilities 
there are some initiatives, there are some um, exercises, there are some duties you have to perform for God that you cannot perform until you come under the hand of the blessing. And you know, you may say, but God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Yes, he has. Why are you still poor? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Why are people still fighting with you? He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Why is it that when you enter that place to go and look for that contract, they did not give you? But I thought it was all yours. Exactly, it is yours. But you see, the truth is that we come into levels of the manifestation of the blessing. We come into levels of the revealing and the unveiling of the blessing. And the key that opens that door is your ability to discern Christ in the midst of it. Do you understand? And the way you discern Christ is when your perspective is lifted. It is lifted from what men are saying. The other disciples were saying, people say you are this. People say you are that. People say you are that. But you raise your eye away from the prevailing voices around you. Even the voice of your heart. The Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? So there are times where you will say, ah, oh, my heart cannot bear this. It's a lie. The heart is lying to you. The heart was configured by God to bear a lot more. Do you know one day I, I sat down and I was struggling with letting go of something. <laughs> and the Lord said to me, he said, you see, in what state did I save humanity? I said, you saved humanity in your state as man. And he said, okay, do you remember that the Bible declares that when I hung upon the cross, I carried the sins of the world upon me? I said, yes, I remember. I said, no, you see, you didn't hear that scripture very well. He said, you are struggling with one small sin that somebody committed against you. He said, I carried every sin. I carried all the murderers. I carried all the prostitutes. I carried all the betrayers. I carried all the, um, the corruption. I carried every single drop of sin that humanity could ever commit. I laid it upon my broken, bleeding body. He said, do you know the weight of that? Hey, when the Lord said, I said, laba, 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 yeah. Immediately he said, do you know the weight of that? He said, yes, I carried it. He said, I wore it like a cloak over myself, but I carried it as a cloak of honor. He said, it was with that cloak that I, he said, it was so heavy that when my spirit left my body, I descended. I was pulled down into hell because I carried sin and I bore sin on my body. He said, Isi, you can bear it. I said, wow, Jesus, have mercy on me. He said, you can bear it if you do the things that I did. I committed my soul unto God. He said, commit your spirit to me. Commit your soul to me. Ask me to make you bigger than the weaknesses of people. Ask me to expand you so that you can accommodate the frailties of men. Ah, if my master tells me that, who am I? Who am I? So what was happening right there was I was answering the question of who is Jesus? Who do men say that? Who do you, Isi, say that I am in the midst of this? If you say, oh, no, you can't, then what you are saying is that Jesus can't. He said, if I could, then you can. He said, you just have to be able to find the wisdom and the, the pathway by which I arrived at that manner of strength to be able to bear that that amount of weight. He said, you can. Did I not say to you, I will not give to you more than you can bear. He says, if you feel like you can't bear it, but yet you are sure that I am the one that has brought you to this point. He said that what you need is increased capacity. Increased capacity. And capacity is not just that, ah, 
okay, I can take anything. No, but the increased capacity also came with comes with the wisdom of God to navigate through that circumstance. Because when Jesus descended into hell, Jesus did not just go there and say, "Here I am, oh, your lawful captive, take me." Oh, oh, what is me? What is me? Anything you want to do, set and do with me. No. That is not what it means to increase and bear the frailties. So when you increase to bear the frailties, something else also happens. The wisdom of the God's deliverance enters your head. And then God begins to show you, begins to show you, not turn left, turn right. The Bible says how Jesus beats them up in hell. He beats them up. He dealt with principalities. He dealt with power. They did not see it coming. Because what they saw was a weak, frail body hanging on the cross. They did not see levels of wisdom being unveiled. They did not see warfare strategy hitting Jesus by reason of what he did. They did not believe that he could defeat them in their own turf. That is what happens to you. When you open the door of the question that Jesus asked you, who am I in the midst of this pain? Who am I in the midst of this loss? Who am I in the midst of this your struggling business? And you enter the question, and you enter into the place where you get into the reality of who Jesus is, something happens to you. You may feel, feel weak in the physical, but in the spirit, a new kind of strength comes to you. And that strength is followed up with wisdom. That strength is followed up with strategy. That strength is followed up with intelligence, warfare intelligence, warfare, intelligence for the next level of liberation, for the next level of promotion, for the next level of strength, for the next level of grace. Those things follow you. The moment you follow God, you follow his kingdom agenda. What I'm saying to you today is a key. It's a key that will be opening all those other doors that are embedded within Christ. It's a key that will bring you into the realization of he has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It's a key that opens those spiritual blessings in heaven. This is the key. Who is Jesus in the midst of it all? Anybody that is close to me knows that I always do that. After I have said all the, eh, eh, forget the matter, I pull back and then I bought. What is the heart of Christ in the midst of this? The moment you do that, you change the table, you change the conversation, you spin it on, the, on, on his head, you confuse Satan. Because Satan is always hoping that we will go in the direction of our emotions. Satan is always hoping that Eve will be overwhelmed with the conversation and say, ah, please just give me the food, let me eat it, I can't wait anymore, it's pleasing to my eyes. Satan is hoping that when he gives you sensory overload, you will make a wrong decision. But in the midst of the sensory overload of hell, battering you every day in the experiences of life, you are able to pause and say, where is Jesus in the midst of this? What is the outworking of Christ? You go back to the Holy Ghost to find his wisdom in the midst of it all. Please hear me. I say to you, I like to teach to enter prayer because when you enter prayer like this, you are not going there and shooting scatter bullets and you are just like do, 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 do. every pain, every shame, every demon. What is that? You are shooting and only eating If I, the demons in hell, they are using your bullets to do jumping jack. They are using your bullets to do gym as you should. They say to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back. That's it, that's it. They are learning how to dodge bullets with your prayer. Don't do that. No scatter bullet prayer. When you come into prayer with revelation, you come with an upper hand. You begin to know what to address. You, you can smell the deceit. You can smell the outworking of the spirit of fear. You can smell everything and you can hit the mark. You know, I was saying to some people that, you know, when the Lord was saying that, um, when the Bible says it is the glory of a man to be able to overlook a matter, 
This is what it means. The Lord said to me, he said, you see, the glory doesn't come simply because you're like, yeah, it's happened, it's happened. You know, I'm just going to, oh, oh you know, look at what is going on in Nigeria. This is how we are. We endure these things in Nigeria. No, to overlook the matter does not mean it happened and you just let it go. No, to overlook the matter, the Lord said, literally, stand over, overlook it. Look, have a perspective on the matter. Have a perspective on what is really going on. Have a perspective on what are the spiritual networks, the network of demonic hosts behind this thing that just happened. You understand what I'm saying? Behind this thing that just happened. You know, you, 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 you are going to have a board meeting and you have spoken with everybody. You were the one that brought them into the business and put them on the board. They are your people. And then the next thing you enter this board meeting and somebody raised a motion and all of them moved against you. Ah! It is shattered your heart. And you went back and like, you know what? I can never trust anybody. I can never. Who is Christ in the midst of that move that they just made? And it is to your glory to be able to stand over what just happened and overlook it. And say to yourself, what was actually the, the demonic process, the satanic process that made me arrive in such a situation? And then you are able to see that number one, the spirit of rumor was released. The spirit of lie. A rumor came that began to tell everybody, ah, you know, he's not really a good person. No. Ah, we've heard that he's, he took all our money and he used our money to go and build a house in Germany. A spirit of lie partnered with the spirit of rumor. And then you now realize that after that, that there was not a spirit of heaviness that was released. So everybody that used to like you, every time they thought of you, their heart was heavy in a, in a sad way. And then it took away favor from you. You then begin to see that how all the, the spiritual backing that God gave you before, how this demonic network came and just overshadowed it. And you realize that how did it happen? It was in a season where you were not manning your gates. It was in a season when you were not really paying attention. You thought, oh, I've conquered this one. Let's just say, you know, there's nothing, there's no need to pray about that again. When you overlook the matter, you cannot make the right decision. You cannot pray. You will not leave that place. And you now go and meet everybody. You, you did this to me. I got my eyes on you. I'm coming for you. I'm going to betray you. So there's no need for that. There's no need for that. Go back and deal with the spirits behind it. Go back and deal with the demons behind it. Go back and rebuke them. I'm telling you this truth. Many marriages have ended because the people involved could not overlook the matter. This is the principle of the overlook. This is how you overlook a matter. Not just that you throw it away and say it has happened, it has happened, and yet it's tormenting you. Go and look into it. Go and get perspective to find out what were the demonic and satanic collaborations that happened, that made this thing happen. And all those demons of lie, but, uh, 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 demonic bodies and, and lack of favor, all those things, they now align themselves with what your father did 15 years ago, how he stole from one whole company. And he never repented. And all the people that he did it to, they cursed him. And they say him and his children, they will never ever in their life be able to own any, anything. And they, you know, realize that a familiar spirit was standing at the gate of that sin your father committed to watch over the performance of the curses of the people. And then the moment you now became the head of a board, a demonic coalition now happened against you. And you are there thinking, but I have have a degree. I have your degree, but I am a good person. It is not about you, sweetheart. 
Everything is not about just you. Everything is about the use that are embedded in the you that is embedded in the you. It is about the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's about the blessing of the Israel, the 12 tribes. So there are some warfare you find that is not just about you. It is about the, the journey of they that are gone ahead of you and they that are going to go after you. So you have to fight certain generational warfares, not because you want to, but because this is how life works. It is a string connection between all the souls and the lives of men upon the earth. So this morning, permit me to raise your perspective, like, like what happened to Peter. So Peter entered into something powerful that day. And you know, many people have said, yes, this is how the Catholic church was founded. Jesus was not founding the church upon Peter because he said to him, you are Peter, you are Petra, which means a small rock. Now he says, first of all, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah. For flesh and blood, ah, yeah, 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 ah, Jesus, I don't have time for this scripture. Please, if you are still with me, just tell me, P.I., I give you time. Press in a little bit further. Press in, just tell me, P.I., you have time, you have time, I'm with you, I'm with you. Don't leave this call. Just tell me, P.I., I will stay with you. Just give me 15 more minutes. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. He says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. So basically what he was saying is that you come into another unlocking of the blessing of God when you are able to come into the revelation of who Jesus is. And then he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. That means, Peter, you, you, you moved away from the physical realm. You moved away from the physical opinion. You moved away from the brokenness of the flesh. You moved away from the fallen nature. You moved away from the aspirations of human men to, to be great, to make money, to see things. To, you, you broke out of that doorway. You broke. He said, Peter, you don't know what happened to you. You just broke out of a door. You just broke out of a system that locked your father. He said, blessed are you. There's a reason why Jesus says everything he says. He said, blessed are you, Simon, Simon son of Jonah. He was breaking him out of his father's lineage. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. That means flesh and blood can reveal certain things. He says, but the moment you come into the revelation of the spirit, you break the hold of the revelation of flesh and blood. Flesh and blood says to you, in this house, we cannot move certain, past a certain point. In this family, this is how far we can go. In this lineage, this is in this nation, in this time. Flesh and blood break out, the, out of the revelation of flesh and blood and break into the revelation of the spirit. He says, you are blessed for this thing that just, he, Jesus was like, I just literally watched you walk out of doors and walk into a new door. Jesus is like, I, Peter, you don't know what happened. You were sitting in this room with a thousand people, but you entered into something. He said, Peter, you are standing in this prayer call with 176 people, but you just entered into something. It's the same way that people catch mantles. All the prophets in the time of, of, of Elisha and Elijah will say, Elisha, Elijah is going to be taken away. Did you know it? Did you know it? Did you know it? But they never caught the mantle. Why? Elijah said to Elisha, if you can see it, you can enter the operation that I'm operating in. If you can see the system of the operation. Ha. This thing I'm telling you, when we finish this scripture, you will contend for sight. You will, the worst thing that can happen to a man is darkness. The worst thing that can happen to a person is blindness. You will contend for sight. You will push. I rebuke every darkness. I rebuke every blindness. I rebuke every smallness. I rebuke every deceit. In the name of Jesus, you will push for sight. You will push for the opening of your eyes. Do you understand? He says, 
Blessed are thou someone by, by, by Jonah. He says, because you have removed yourselves from the claws of flesh and blood. He says, but my father who is where? In heaven. He said, so where your revelation comes from determines the place you operate from. Listen, because after that, he says, I give unto you. When you read it in the Greek version, he said, he didn't say, he didn't say, I give unto you, like take the key. Basically what Jesus said in the Hebrew version was, I have now become to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That was what Jesus was saying. When you read the meaning of I give unto you, he says, I have now become unto you. So basically this revelation of me that you just entered into has now become unto you. What gives you the right to open the doors in heaven? Peter, he says, because where you get your revelation from determines where you, the level you now have an authority in. He says, my father who is in heaven is the one that gave you. So my father just told you something about heaven's position, heaven's operation. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter, you are Petra, a small stone. That is who you are. In the natural, in the physical, you are the one that you are always in the forefront. You are the one that is leading people. Actually, Peter was the oldest of all the disciples. That's why when they said they needed to pay tax, that um, Jesus said, Peter, that they should go open the mouth of a fish. He said, take a coin and pay for you and for me. Because people under a certain age in those days did not need to pay tax. It was only Peter and Jesus that were above 30. And only people above 30 paid tax. The rest of the disciples, they were teenagers. They were young boys, small, small boys. That's why you must never despise people. You are there today, you are looking and saying, ah, all these small boy pastors, please, I don't even believe in them. All these young people, Pierre, how old is she selfish? She's even 40. I beg, I beg. Listen, you are not as old as your age. You are as old as the death and the revelation of Christ that you carry. Jesus was only 33 years old when he died. Until today, we worship him as the Messiah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not about age, it's about revelation. It's not about age, it's about depth. It's not about age, it's about secrets that you carry. So here is Jesus saying to him, he said, listen to me, you just came into a major secret. And even though you are Petra, a small rock, you naturally in the physical have natural physical strengths. You naturally in the physical have done all you should do to be the most prosperous person in your, in your family or in this world. You know, you've done everything you should do to be celebrated in Nigeria. Yes, you, are, you, you, have, a, you have a Petra capacity. He says, but upon this Petros, Upon this huge rock of revelation, upon this fact that you have been able to break past the flesh and break into the spirit, he says, I rebuild my church. Jesus wasn't saying, I will build it upon a man. Jesus was saying, I will build it upon the system of revelation. He says, upon it, I will build my church. He says, I remember what he was talking about. He said, I will build my ecclesia. The ecclesia is not a Sunday, Sunday gathering where people sing nice songs and people jump. Hey, well, let your praise go up. Without giving the latest dance step in church, the next is somebody that comes, Hallelujah. Somebody shouts, Hallelujah. Everybody will shout, turn around with your white handkerchief. They say, Who is now not to be in church? Me. That's not church. That's just a gathering, a communion meeting where we encourage each other. That's not church. He says, upon this, I will build my ecclesia. The word ecclesia is a governing term. It's a government term. It's like him saying, upon this, I will build my Senate house. 
And then whenever they send it to me, they'll be playing song, chiki, 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 they'll be dancing. How is, how is that Senate? How can that rule a nation? Do you know what I'm saying? So there are certain cultures that empower and strengthen us as the ecclesia, but those cultures are actually not the office of the ecclesia. The office of the ecclesia is outside the gathering of church. Do you understand? It's outside the gathering of what we now call church. So he says, upon this huge rock of who I am, I will build your ability to rule in media. I will build your ability to rule in government. I will give you the capacity to rule in religious spaces, to rule in governmental spaces. He says, until any other door you pass to take down the seven mountains or to rule the seven mountains, it will only swallow you up. The only door that can position you as the mountain of the Lord's house that is lifted up above every other mountain is the door of the revelation of who Jesus is. Have you been able to see Jesus in education? Have you created the Jesus curriculum? When you enter, you can see how Jesus would educate children. You see the perspective of heaven. You have prayed and said, Jesus, how is it done in heaven? Do you think in heaven, the only education we are getting is, now this is how to pray. This, no, the Bible says when we are in heaven, we know, we know all these things. So I'm sure that in heaven, Jesus will teach us, God will teach us how to build and rule planets. The Bible says we shall reign and rule with him forever. Is he going to reign and rule with people that don't understand government and governmental structures? Is he going to reign and rule with people that don't know how to build schools and build institutions? So let us not really just, let us not really just lies, for lack of a better word, who God is. I told you people in the month of March that I was teaching on the system called God and how God is a creation system in himself. The first introduction that God gives to us about himself is a creator in the beginning, God created. That's the first introduction of God. He's a maker, he's a creator, he's a life giver, he's a system builder. That's the first thing, way God introduces himself to us. So Jesus was beginning to reintroduce Peter. <coughs> Excuse me. He was beginning to reintroduce Petra to Petros and saying that I know you know yourself as a guy who, you know, you are running, you are serving, you know. He says, but now let me introduce who you are to you. He says, you now carry a huge rock that makes it possible for you, an uneducated fisherman, to become a leader who can challenge the prevailing systems of government in Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth. He said, this is what just happened to you. You literally just left the door of mediocrity and you began to play with the big boys. You literally just left the door of small, small demons in Jonah's house, my father's house, and you have entered into the realm where you begin to deal with principalities and powers. You've entered the Petrus realm. Are we together? Please, if you are with me, let me know. You have left the realm of Simon Barjona and you have entered into the realm of Petra of Petros. He says, I have now redefined your activities. I have redefined your capacities. I have redefined your positions. I have redefined your grace. I have redefined your influence. I have redefined your power. How did this happen? Who do you say that I am? Every time that God opens onto you a conversation, answer it accurately because it may just be the key that will break you into the next door of life that you need. He says, upon this, I will build my church. I have to stop here. Tomorrow, we will begin to unpack this very well. I will talk about the gates of hell and why it is possible for the gates of hell to not prevail against you. We will unpack it. Why? Because 
Jesus was speaking in the book of Revelation. He says, listen to me. I, he said, we'll get there tomorrow. All right, to the glory of God, I want us to pray. And I want you to be able to pray this morning and to say, Jesus, help me to be able to consistently answer the question of who you are. Help me to see the questions about you that are locked into my experiences of life. Help me not to fail to answer that question. Break me out of being Simon Bajona. Break me out of being Isi, the daughter of Agbohese. Break me out of being Isi, the woman that has married into the house of Igenegba. Break me out of the nomenclatures of the natural physical world. Break me out of being Isi, that is just the pastor of a ministry. Break me into the reality of who you are in the circumstances of my life. Break me like Jabez prayed and say, God, that thou wouldest bless me, that thou wouldest cause me not to cause any man pain. Break me out of being Jabez that was named by my mother as the one who causes pain. Break me out of being Simon Barjona. Break me out of the limitations of my earthly cocoon, of my earthly flesh, of my earthly covering. Break me out of the covering of the culture of my time. Break me out of the rat race of Lagos. Break me out of the natural aspirations that say I need to go from clerk to being a, a secretary and to becoming manager and to becoming GM. Break me out of the normal a process of ascending in this life and break me into the power of the ecclesia that comes by reason of revelation. Move me, oh God. Move me, oh God. Help me to be able to accurately answer the questions of who you are as I see it in my daily life. Baba, show me the questions as they are asked. Help me to know, Jesus, that it is a constant question of who you are. Let me see it in the way that I raise my children. Let me see it in the way that I engage with my husband. Let me see it in the way that I bring governance in ministry. Let me see it in the way that I embrace my brothers and my sisters. Let me see it in the way that I do my friendships. Who is Jesus in the midst of this? Let me not operate with people from the earthly, fleshly level of the opinions of this world. Let me not be taken by, oh, they say you are Elijah. They say you are this. Help me to form my own opinion based on revelation. Father, I ask that you give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you open this door to me, that I may be able to see Jesus in all things, that I may be able to see Jesus in all places, that I may be able to see Jesus in every matter, that I may be able to see Jesus even in the people that hate me and even in the, in the package of the hatred. Let me see the Jesus in the midst of that situation, that I can see Jesus. That I may be able to see Jesus in my nation. That I may be able to see Jesus in the, in, in, the, in the sickness that wants to eat up my flesh. Let me know what Christ's opinion is in the midst of it. And when I speak, let me speak from the position of the opinion of Jesus. He says, Peter, you cannot build my church until you enter the, you, until you enter the Petros. You cannot build my church until you break away from your natural physical strength and you enter into the strength of revelation and you live consistently in the realm of revelation. Baba, envelop me in this realm. Envelop me. Let me not be on the high of God's opinion one day and then I enter the opinion of my flesh and my heart. God, sustain me in the realm of your opinion. 
Sustain me in the realm of your opinion. Sustain me in the realm of your opinion. Make sure you are praying. Make sure you are praying. Make sure you are praying because somebody's life is about to change. Authority is about to come upon somebody. Power is about to come upon somebody. You are about to navigate strongly like never before. Sustain me in the realm of your opinion, Jesus. How do you think these men died and gave their lives? When Stephen was dying, the Bible says, Stephen, while they were stoning him and cursing him, Stephen was seeing a different picture. Sustain me in the realm of your revelation, Jesus. It would be so powerful that people will find it hard to believe that Stephen was not in pain and Stephen was not in regret and Stephen was not cursing the people. They will find it hard to believe. But you see, the power you have is dependent on the realm you are seeing. So sustain me in the realm of the revelation of who you are, Jesus. Sustain me there. Remove from me every veil of darkness. Remove from me the lying tongues of hell. Burn them to ashes, Holy Spirit. Pull me into Jesus. If you did it for Peter, then you will do it for me, Lord. I am asking. It says that, Father, give unto me my daily bread. It says, man shall not live by physical bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. So that means the word that proceeds from God's mouth is a kind of bread. So Jesus, give me my bread. Give me my daily bread, my bread of revelation, my bread of understanding, my bread of the proceeding word from the mouth of God. Father, I receive my bread for today. I will not make any carnal fleshly mistakes, Lord, but sustain me in the realm of revelation. But also, Father, bring everyone that surrounds my life and the people that I'm accountable to, give them this bread also. So that I will not live in contention with the ones that I cannot do without. Give my husband this same bread. Let us eat the same food. Give my children this same bread. Give my staff this same bread. Father, give my mentors this same bread. Give my mentees this same bread. Give everyone in my life that I'm accountable to in one way or the other. Feed them the same bread. So that I will not be in contention with the human structures you have set up for me. The structures by which I can move through life. Father, give them the same bread. Give them the same bread. Feed them of the same diet of revelation. So that we can move together. And we can maximize the strength of two that puts a flight 10,000. Let my union with people not be the union of how much they have or how many people know them, or how many people follow them on Instagram. Father, break away from me the wisdom of the canal man and give unto me the wisdom to align with people based on their level of revelation. People who are eating the same bread as myself. Help me not to make a covenant with a man who we see on the Simon Barjona level, but help me to make covenants with people who are on the level of the Petrus. Shindo, 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 komele, ketea, Jesus, I bless you. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I bless you. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus in me. Jesus for me. Jesus with me. Jesus all around me. Jesus, you are the door that keeps on opening onto greater doors. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I bless you. I give you praise now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. 
You just entered somewhere new in the spirit. Sustaining the prayer, sustain it in fasting, sustain it in worship, sustain it in meditation. Don't let go of the inheritance of revelation. Don't let go of your footing when you enter a new place in Christ. Sustain it and journey forward and onward. Okay? Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Don't be deceived by hell. Nobody is perfect. People must disappoint you, but you must resolve to have relationship with people based on revelation, not based on carnal fleshly knowing. No, no man after the flesh. And the word for no, remember, it says, and Adam knew Eve. That means Adam had an intimate relationship, covenant relationship with Eve. And God says, do not have intimate covenant relationship with people based on their fleshly weaknesses or their fleshly strengths. No, no man after the flesh, but decide who you get intimate with, who you build conversations with, who you build covenants with based on their spiritual position and God's calling over their lives. Okay? So, God bless you. <laughs> and God bless all of you who gave. We put up partnership links yesterday and some people partnered with us. I think it's pinned to this YouTube video. And some people have clicked on it to partner. Some people are giving from abroad. Some people are giving from Nigeria. Some people are subscribing to give on a, a monthly basis. God bless you all of you. God will bless you. And for the one who feels like, please, I don't, God bless you also. God bless you also. And God bring you into depth of revelation also of the role that you play in the kingdom and how what you give can propagate the gospel. God bless you. There are some people that have called me. Somebody called me again from America yesterday and said, Pia, you mentioned I was re-watching your video. And I saw that on the video, you were talking about the mantle of Deborah happening in America. She said, ah, can you bring it to Maryland? I said, ah, oh, auntie, it's, it's going to be hard. The place that God... That first opened up is Houston. Can we all move from Maryland and move from everywhere and come to Houston to have the meeting? And she said, okay, I want to give. I want to partner. How can I give? What can I do? Is it your ticket I can buy? Can I contribute to this? I said, you know what? Let us call this person, talk to this person. They will tell you what to do. God bless those of you who make the work easy. Who said to me, Pia, just go and sleep. Just go and be praying and be fasting. Come and be giving us this bread. That's what we need you to do. Go and sleep. All these other things, we'll be doing it. Let us play our own part. You play your own part. Stay in your lane, PI. God bless you for doing that. God bless you for not allowing me think about, you know, what is the next thing? What's the next? God bless you. God bless you. I don't take you for granted at all. I don't take you for granted. You know, the Bible says that a time came when the church was about to expand. Peter began to call for partnerships. He said, listen, we can't do this. We can't fast. Pray, study the word, teach, and also be waiting on tables, and also be trying to feed the Greek widow, feed the uh, Jewish widow, settle fights. We can't do it. He says, Give us several men who are filled with the Holy Ghost, who will take the burden off us. So when you see the call for partnership, it's not, I don't do anything with your money. If you know me, people sew my clothes. There's somebody who says, Pia, we sew the clothes. Anytime you're going, I sew. People send me food, people send me fruits down to water. Somebody gives me water. Do you understand? Of course, my husband does his own role, but there are people who have taken it upon themselves to say, we will do these things so that, so I'm not asking you for this because I have anything I want to do with your money. But there comes a time when God wants to break out over a church and over a people. And the next level is for the apostles to call for partners. It has to happen so that they can ease off certain things and they can bring the fullness of what they truly carry and not get involved in what they don't carry. So God bless all of you. I thank you so much. 
please sustain yourself in the revelation of who Jesus is. Don't let Satan steal your victories from you. Contend endlessly for clarity, for sight, for vision. Contend for it. You will watch your life change when this month is over. I'm not kidding you. If you can stay in this space, this fasting, this prayer, this revelation, if you can stay here, something will change in your life. And I know that when others are saying, ember months are for trouble, you will say my greatest victories, I had them in the last quarter of the year. I bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I will see you tomorrow. All right, take care. Goodbye. God bless you. Bye-bye.